0: Welcome, everybody, to the Artisan Church All-Inclusive
1: Podcast. My name is Josephus. I'm Reed Conley. I'm organizing pastor of Artisan Church. And today we have a very special guest with us. I'm so excited to introduce to you Nathan Webb. And he is here with us as uh, as a guest, and we're going to ask him lots of questions Um but Nathan, maybe maybe you could just introduce yourself a
2: little bit. Sure thing. So I am Nathan Webb, but also known as Nerd Pastor Nate in my circles. So about three years ago, I planted a church called Checkpoint Church, which is a church fully online, fully digital for nerds, geeks, and gamers. We're out of the Methodist sphere. I'm a Methodist pastor and elder in the United Methodist Church, but we are really welcoming to just anybody that defines themselves as a nerd, geek, and gamer, and that seems to be... Ah, uh, pretty broad because you can be a nerd about just about anything. We, uh, my wife always says that she's not a nerd, but then I remind her that she is very much a nerd for the Property Brothers and things like that. And you can be a nerd, geek, and gamer about a lot of different stuff.
0: Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, what made you settle in on Methodist? Uh, because you know, if coming from an online community, and there's like you know, just so many different walks mm-hmm. of life. Why not non denomination to like, or, you
2: know, just something that isn't set in a specific? That's a good question. Yeah. It's, it's kind of just out of upbringing and out of who I am and who I uh, feel called to be. And so I am a, I'm a PK. My dad was a pastor in the Methodist church. I grew up in the Methodist church. And so I just love that experience and I love what they kind of bring to the world. And I uh, went to a Methodist seminary in Duke Seminary and um, knew that I was called to be an elder in this particular denomination. And so whenever I went to the denomination, it wasn't really, like, all hands on the table of, like, all right, either we're doing this or I'm going somewhere else. But instead, I was so encouraged by the fact that I I took it to our conference here in Western Nor- North Carolina, and I said I had this vision for a church for nerds, geeks, and gamers. And the church developer in the conference was, like, well, I DM for my friends every Sunday night. Let's do it. And so even in the methosphere, we have this, like – this nerdy presence and this willingness to try something new and to be grace-filled into, into a new expression. So we gave it a shot, and uh, it really is just kind of a, this is what works.
0: So I like how you slid that PK in there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, because it's like a double entendre in this situation, considering from the gaming community, a PK is considered a player killer. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny how it's, yeah. you know... Our parallels. Yeah, I got to be careful who I tell there.
1: Right. It's <laughs> like, wow, my man came out at the mm-hmm. gate. So I I think that's so encouraging that you're coming from, um, you know, a mainline denomination, uh, which is more traditional. It's more rooted in mm. in traditions that are older uh, by our standards, and then you're you're doing something that's very very new. And I we've talked before, and I know that you uh, have approached this. Uh, checkpoint church as something where you're really trying things Mm -hmm. again and again and again, experimenting because it's, it's new ground, right? it's just a totally new uh, new place to, to do church or be church or build something that like we might call a faith community. So um, I wonder what maybe you could share with us. We'll just jump right in. Like, what do you think have been some of the hardest things um, coming from, you know, a more traditional church background and translating that into an online community. What are some of the challenges?
2: Yeah, the the troublesome part is really twofold, and you used a really apt word there of translation, because I think that coming from a more traditional background and a more traditional context and being supported by a traditional entity in the mainline Methodist Church, a lot of the work that I have to do with data and analytics and in encouraging people that this is a thriving, growing, successful church community is I have to kind of just come up With a lot of numbers i have to come up with a lot of stories i have to tell a lot of things that really require active translation to describe to the denomination as it were Um, or uh, vice versa i've also got to help take some of the tradition that we have that works and apply that into a digital context so for instance something that we had to do from the get-go was there are so many social media platforms there are so many places that you can be but instead of being on all of them we wanted to make sure that we were choosing very intentionally and very small, uh, a very, very intentional focus. And so what we did is we developed a discipleship pathway. So that's a very churchy word. That's something that the Methodist Church definitely knows well. And we took that discipleship pathway and we said, how can we make social media apply to this rather than the other way around? And so we wanted to say, well, what's the first step of our our discipleship pathway? Well, it's going to be typically evangelism. or getting to know people or reaching people or building relationships. So where do we want to meet people? We want to meet the nerds, geeks, and gamers in the places where they are. And the answer for us was Twitch. Twitch. And so we went to Twitch. And that just made sense for us as our first step. So there are a lot of places we could meet nerds, geeks, and gamers. But instead, we wanted to learn from our history of how does the discipleship pathway start. And then we wanted to take the application online and make the two kind of meet in the middle. And that's where we discovered that. At least y'all didn't start with Reddit. (laughs) Right, yeah, we, 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 did, we did build a Reddit community very shortly, and then pretty quickly we like, maybe not. Yeah. We might need a little bit more critical mass. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: So to operate on Twitch, and I'm going to confess right now, I don't have a Twitch account. I don't have much Twitch experience other than seeing some videos here and there, but uh, you have to be a gamer.
2: Not necessarily. No, no Twitch, tele- is, uh, yeah. Twitch is pretty wide-ranging. Okay. So yeah. there are a couple experiences on Twitch. Of There are people that just do kind of their own, you know, lived experience. There might be like Talking a vlogging him. channel. There might yep. be people who do beauty streams, or there might be people that are just... It could be really anything that you want to do, you can ostensibly do They have on art Twitch. now, too. Yeah, like there people are artists painting, on there. Artists. There's incredible stuff happening. So whatever you want to stream. Yes, and then there are also, the other side of things, you have like a ninja or somebody like that that plays exclusively with one game and maybe this is somebody that is like a masterful level at this game and wants to present that level of skill and so people watch this person because they're skilled or they might watch this person because they have personality uh and not saying not saying that ninja doesn't have personality tally Tally would be the the opposite yeah there there are some people that you watch Almost exclusively for their talent and then they might have a good personality as well And then there are people that whether they're talented or not you just want to be there because you like being there Uh, And so we're very much in that camp. Uh, I I like games, but I can't say that. I'm too good at necessarily any of them And so we are a true blue variety streamer So what we intentionally did from the beginning was ask ourselves the question of what is the purpose of twitch? if our purpose is evangelism, then are we really going to get anywhere or playing the same game with the same people? Uh, even if we accrued quite the large audience doing that on Twitch, is there any sensical reason for us to be reaching the same 50 to hundred people? Or, would I rather stream something different every day of the week and maybe only be reaching 15 or 20 people, sometimes 40 people, but they're always going to be different. Yeah, and yeah. so for, for instance, I mentioned analytics. That's something that we pay attention to is unique viewers. I want to know how many unique eyeballs are seeing us on Twitch because I see Twitch as a place where I want to meet as many new people as possible.
0: Have you experimented with both by chance? What do you mean? Like where you have like maybe one, one day a week where it's like, hey, we're 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 doing this. And then maybe you have a consistency somewhere else where, like, because I know, like, on Twitch, and for those of you that don't know uh, what Twitch is, it's uh, basically, um, imagine YouTube with different, like, little sub-networks of, like, a game or a category, and you, you, so you go to the website, you're offered with, there's a, 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 um... There's a hosted channel there's some hosted channels and then underneath that there's a, like a big category of games or what other topics you click on that and then there's hundreds of video streamers actually streaming that one particular content so it's uh, sort of like a mega TV guide. And then you click on that, and it's all filtered down to what you're wanting to watch. Mm -hmm. And then you just pick the person you want to watch. So basically what I'm asking him is, you know, are you staying in one category, or, or did you guys actually pick, like, different games to go in, which the pros and cons of that for people who don't know about Twitch as well, most of the time consistency pays off. So you start off at the bottom of that channel. The person at the top has the most viewers. So if you choose to pick different games, you're always starting at the bottom and you're giving your, yourself a challenge of how to build up your, your viewers on that. And people like the consistency. So the like, are you guys consistent in one network or
2: do you pick days to go out and try to do outreach in another network? We are definitely full variety. We have a level of consistency that we maintain as far as like whenever a new game comes out that I might be particularly happy about, like a new Pokemon game, right. uh, we'll play the entirety of the latest Pokemon game. And we used to have a thing called Pokemon Mondays where we would play pretty much something Pokemon-related on Mondays. And so we built up a little bit of trust in that consistency. Right. Uh, on Tuesday nights now, we're doing a news show stream, which is called Twig, The Weekend Geek. And so that's built up a little bit of a live podcast feel that people maybe will tune in for that particular thing. Um, But more than anything, like I said, this really is an evangelism first platform for us. And so I'm not concerned necessarily about building up a community on Twitch. That's never going to be our goal, or at least not as long as it is something that is a part of this discipleship pathway, because we just only have so many hours in the day. And so we actually use Discord. I was going to say, do you so pull them from Twitch? To the Discord? goal is that we want everybody to go from that evangelistic platform of Twitch into our digital church building that we've built on Discord. Uh, and it is uh, a growing thing. We've continually kind of evolved what that Discord turns into, but that is where we really want people. To to build and get to know each other. So and Twitch is them. the
0: world and Discord is the church.
2: Exactly. That's exactly how we view it, and that's the translation work that's been so tricky to kind of siphon down exactly how we want to guide people into a deeper relationship in this community and into the body of Christ.
1: Got you. Now, I, I've uh, heard you use kind of a tagline uh, when you talk about the vision or, the, or the, maybe the goals of your church Can you share that with us? Um, Because there's something that you say, and I've heard you repeat it over and over again, and I've even borrowed it a couple times. So uh, go go ahead and and when you talk to somebody about what the goal of of uh, Checkpoint Churches, what would you say?
2: Sure. So we end every single stream, every single podcast, every single thing that we do, we create out there, that we put out into the world. We want to make sure that at the very least, even if this is people's first experience with the church, or um, maybe they really don't like the church, or they've been done with the church, or they've never really experienced this, whatever it may be, I want folks, no matter what, to hear our three things that we believe to be true about every single person out there. And we we affirm that this is something that is true regardless if you believe in God, don't believe in God, go to church, don't go to church, hate God, hate church, we believe that number one, God loves you, like really, really loves you, number two, we love you, we want community with you, that's what we're doing here, and number three, and most importantly, we believe that you, yes, you matter, you are a person of sacred worth, the world is a better place, why? Because you are in it. I love that. You can tell I've said that a couple hundred times. I love that. But I got to hey. realize at this point, yeah. but that is our little, our little slogan, our little tagline that we make sure we end everything with, God loves you, we love you, you matter.
0: And it's funny because you, you you do um encounter a lot of like heavy resistance online when it mm-hmm. comes to the topic of God or anything religious uh, based. So it's interesting that, you know, like you said, you had to you had to create something mm-hmm. that, you know, is if you stutter online it's like it's it's rap. You know, you're gonna get trolls, you're gonna right. get people just attacking your your you know, ideology and stuff like that. So it's, it's cool that you've come up with that.
2: Fortunately, we really haven't had too many trolls necessarily. A lot of the questions that we get are either genuine um, or we we just try to put out kind of a, a feeling of grace that hopefully people don't feel uh, at the very least intimidated by us. Right. Um, because I think there's so much of that being done online already that uh, I don't want to be another presence in the face of people that are experiencing church purely in a negative light. I want to be at the very least somewhere that they're just like, Hey, I'm not here to convert you. I'm not here to try and yell at you and to tell you that you're living in sin, right? Like that's, that's, that's the internet, but I don't want to be that expression of the church online. I want to be a space where we're able to talk about things and you can just, just enjoy gaming together and enjoy nerdy things together. Uh, And we can talk about everything that's going on. And we really don't have any boundaries as far as what kind of content we're willing to work with. There are a lot of church presences online that, won't play games that are rated M um, or they won't talk about that anime or that show or anything like that. And we have, we have really no boundaries there. I typically try and be very clear that like, we try and be a family-friendly stream as best as possible, and I will always be family-friendly, even if the games that we play are not. So, if they require me to read the lines, then I will—I'll I'll figure a way around the words to still get the the meaning out there. Um, but for the most part, we've played games like Life is Strange, um, which are pretty heavy, uh, and uh, the topics that we deal with are pretty heavy. And we want to uh, kind of approach those head-on and hopefully experience the goodness of God in the created work and in the imaginative work that I believe that the Spirit definitely dwells within. Everything and all these pieces, even if they may seem risque,
0: ironically, I've met more people who have been open to talking about God playing Diablo. Sure. And you would think that would be but like it it makes sense and it doesn't make sense. You would think, oh, well, you wouldn't play that game. And then when you actually think about it. You're, the whole game is trying to crush the devil, so it's just right. like, well, I, and demons, so you,
1: it's like... This is amazing. You've hit a game I've actually played and I can talk about. It. Okay? <laughs> I know about Diablo, so... What I, class did you play? Oh... Uh, I don't know. It's been, I <laughs> did don't, it have Diablo's been around for like, like 20 like years. Right, exactly. Or did, did it have so, a
0: bow or did you throw spells or were you a warrior? I could see, I
1: could see. I I could see. Was a, it was like an eight bit thing. I had, no, I I'm guess, just kidding. I could see, I could see you playing a, um, a warrior. But Diablo, the, the premise is you're going through levels of hell. So you're, yeah. you're right there already talking about end of life and, and like a big, a big mm-hmm. thing that's happening. Um, so I, I think it's a natural uh, progression to think, you know is there something more than this? what do you think about
0: the sacrifice uh, did you ever
1: beat it no
0: oh okay so the irony not that, of it I'm is not that committed. at the at the end of diablo <laughs> spoiler alert uh, at the end of diablo there's 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 these things called the stones and at the very end of the original one you take the hellstone which is in diablo's forehead and you slam it into your own forehead and so what you're doing is with if that crystal remains dormant it becomes it it needs a powerful host to withstand the energy
1: of diablo this is a good versus evil this is almost
2: atonement
0: it's almost atonement and it's also like weak-minded people would be easily controlled by the stone whereas you've just went through the depths of hell to shut down the devil and you come to this realization like oh just killing this entity doesn't stop the the, the source yeah. of the power it's a crystal and in order to control it. Um, you you have to sacrifice yourself and basically become the new Diablo. But the idea is that you're going be a to con- you're going to control it and keep it imprisoned inside your body as long as you can until it's time to pass it on to the next oh, person. Okay, all right. Wow uh, does the same thing ideology wise with uh, Arthas, where um, once Arthas uh, is slain, the the Ice Crown needs to. Need, needs to be worn by somebody, mm-hmm. and so somebody who one of the stronger heroes in the story takes over the sacrifice
1: of becoming the Lich King. So there's all sorts of ways to come to some sort of there's a lot of faith, yeah. or you know, and this is a popular
2: uh, trope. That's definitely one of the more popular tropes out yeah. there—the kind of sacrificial lamb, you know, mentality. Yeah. So when, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really
1: new under the sun. Right. And most <laughs> most of these ideas have some kind sort of sort of connection to a biblical theme. It's all in our Life, I guess, but um, when you meet a new person and they start asking a question, um, is what, what? has surprised you about that? I guess it, I'm, I'm curious from the perspective of of having an online relationship. Are, are people? Do you feel like people are more uh, comfortable with asking tough mm-hmm. questions in that sphere, or do they, um, or are they less?
2: I don't know real in that moment or what like what is that like there is a notable thing that happens uh, online in particular so so much of digital culture is text-based so much of what we do and how we experience one another is through a forum or through a discord channel that we're typing in and talking with each other and so we try and have an opportunity at least once a week where we can hopefully get people at least on voice chat And sometimes that will be a big wall to breach. Sometimes it won't be as big of a wall to breach, just depending on the person and the personality and the level of introversion that they might have. Um, But probably in that first year, I discovered there was a moment where you knew that somebody was truly vulnerable with you, and it was the moment you saw their face cam turn on now it didn't matter if it was facing their wall it didn't matter if it was facing the ceiling and all you could see was their forehead it didn't matter how much of them you could actually see if that face cam came on okay you've developed a relationship there's trust here like this is this is real in a really real way that is that is just as authentic as any in-person expression even just exposing your ceiling is this is a huge skype
0: was was a big one when when people would get
2: on skype calls to talk about god and stuff like that this is it that's a huge milestone in the current presence of online culture and online relationship building, is if you're able to get to that point where you get to see someone, then you've really created something authentic. You're not
0: hiding behind a gamer tag at that point.
2: And so that's, that's a surprise for me is I never, like it's always hard to figure out how you can quantify relationships. Like it's hard to be able to know when do I actually know that I've known someone or when do I know that somebody has built up some level of trust or um, some level of comfort, or we have some kind of start of a relationship building. And that was something that we just kind of had to stumble into is that I discovered that once you, once you are willing to be that vulnerable odds are the next step is how can I lead? How can I serve? How can Mm. I be a part of this community on a deeper level? Because now I feel like I'm actually here. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like it's, like, one experience for me is uh, I feel like it's always been easier to talk to my online friends Mm -hmm. because there's this, um, you don't face them every day. You face them when you choose to because you get on and, you know, you guys are playing or whatever. But a lot of times if I've had ideas that I've been nervous to, like, talk about, you know, with people closest to me, the easiest thing to do is to get on Discord or get on, well, used to be Mumble and Ventrilo. Um and talk to you know people that I know aren't gonna judge me because they're from the you know Same walk of life, and they've chose the same path mm. uh, Have you experienced that like when you do weed those people out? Have you ever had moments where it's just like let me bounce this idea off somebody mm. and maybe it could be about your faith Because I've had that with uh, you know people talking about faith and saying hey, you know I don't know if I'm believing this thing anymore and stuff
2: like that. Yeah, definitely. Interestingly enough, I would say that we've kind of have a shift where the opposite sort of happens. So it starts typically with people that are, that are willing to be more vulnerable. They do ask more questions, more of the more personal private questions or the God doubt questions or things like that, where they really want to express that. And then pretty quickly, It takes a shift into this form of like digital neo-monasticism is what I've been putting it to, because there are people that are just in our like Discord 24-7. Like we never dip below like 60, 70 people at any given hour of the day. It could be four o'clock in the morning. We got that many people on our Discord just hanging out. And that has been a fascinating factor of I expected people to kind of come as they need. Um, or to treat it kind of like a forum or a space where they might be able to just drop in from time to time. We certainly do have those people. But what we're discovering is that the big bulk of our folks that are actually like consider this their church, they're living in our walls. Right. Like that's that's so mm-hmm. different from the church context that I knew and that I grew up in where it was like Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings with, with food, right? And right, that was yeah, like, yeah. that's your church <laughs> right. experience. But now... There's no amount of time that I can possibly offer to this community that would like adequately – satisfy the desire to be together. People online want to be together and they want to be together 24/7. And I just didn't expect that. I didn't yeah, anticipate it. We started so streaming. We started streaming 2 hours at a time and whenever the 2 hours would wrap up, people were like, "Oh. Yeah. Like I don't want the stream to be over." And now I have digital missionary friends that are streaming like 10 to 12 hours a day. And 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 still like their community wants more. And so there is something really interesting. I don't know if it has anything to do with like loneliness and the loneliness epidemic that we're experiencing or what it may be, but there is some desire of digital natives and people that are online. They do want community. They do want to be together. And not only do they want it, they want it more um, than anybody that I've ever experienced in a traditional context. They're wanting to be together genuinely all the time in a monastic-like experience. Yeah,
0: And I think some people is, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off um, with that, what with, with, with you just talking about. Some people want to be there because maybe they don't feel like they're cool in person. Mm. Maybe they're they're you know not good with people interaction mm-hmm. outside of you know their voice being there um i know for me it was more so i just wanted people who understood me yeah and you know that's that's always been a thing for me i don't feel like people understand mm-hmm. and on the online community like you you are your face value based on the things that you say mm-hmm. and so it like people kind of get it a little bit quicker um so it's crazy like why people want to do it, but there's so many different, like, categories that people can fill to get to that point to where it's like, this is why they want to be here.
2: Well, and that's why that you matter phrase is so important to us, is we want to make sure that at the very get-go, whether we meet somebody and they're in their cosplay, you know, and they're literally being another person in that moment, I I want those people to know that even behind that cosplay, you matter. You are a person of worth.
0: Have you noticed the shift, like, the sort of 2010 shift era of the idea the 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 idea of the internet um goer is this like fat out of shape guy mm. and now it's more so like i see some kids i'm like man this dude's super handsome he's ripped to shreds and you know, like, what is he doing on the computer? Because this isn't the person that I was expecting to see when I tuned into the stream. Not that those guys don't like to game and stuff like that, but, like, the the fitness wave has hit the gaming community <laughs> I, pretty I that's, heavy. That's
1: probably a testament to the general and, just gaming becoming more mainstream yeah. and, and more it's acceptable everywhere. in general. It's something that is a part of our lives in so many more ways than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, I'm so excited about, uh, you, you know, your Discord having just sort of this constant presence. And that's, that's exciting and in ways that, you know, we, can't, we couldn't have imagined. And um, I wonder, you know, it, it takes uh, some intentionality to protect that kind of vulnerability that people are going to step out and want to be present in that way. Um, but two questions. I wonder if, if people have uh, expressed the desire to maybe even go a step further and be together in person is that like is that like the pinnacle of Mm -hmm. vulnerability maybe or 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 the or another step that uh, you've talked about um and then and maybe also if you wouldn't mind sharing maybe a a particular story of somebody who uh who has deepened their faith through this that that would be really uh interesting
2: If you're willing to share someone's vulnerability that way. Sure. So definitely like on our trajectory of things to do and things to accomplish, we want to recreate the kind of Comic-Con-esque experience. Mm -hmm. And so something that I see mirrored in the lives of nerd geeks and gamers is that they get together typically once a year. And they have that con experience and then they go and they live the rest of their lives online connecting and then they meet up and then they go and then they meet up. So that's something that we want to kind of emulate and experiment with in our culture is to figure out how can we take this community and the energy that we have and celebrate together once a year. With some kind of convention esque experience, so that's still very much in the works. Maybe we'll we'll uh, you know start to experiment with it in the in the next year or so and figure out how it actually works and looks. But I think that ultimately our expression is thoroughly digital. It is thoroughly online, mm-hmm. and we have become like a very vulnerable, very trusting, um, true church experience, even despite the fact that we're not meeting in person. Yeah. So I think that I think that when we meet in person, that will be the auxiliary, still not the primary. Right. Even yeah. whenever we're able to to make that happen, it will be an event that we do. It will not be who we are. Mm-hmm. So I think that that very much becomes our our experience and our our kind of lived moment together. Something not necessarily a single person, but. Something that has so surprised me about this community in particular is we set out our goals at the very beginning of we want to reach the kind of like the duns more than anything. So we we don't really – we know that we can reach the nuns on Twitch, but I had a feeling most people that were going to be willing to click on Checkpoint Church on Twitch were probably going to be people that had left the church. Mm-hmm. And so our ideal demographic that we wanted to reach when we set out all of our plans at the very beginning is we said we want to reach the 29-year-old gamer that left his uh, parents' house, his or her uh, parents' house, uh, in their 20s, you know, for college, and then left church when they also left their parents' house and then never came back. Right. That was who we wanted to reach for the first time. My man said the uh, Duns. <laughs> like the them. Duns. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Duns and the Duns. We we were reaching the Duns, people that had been to church, grew up in the church, and then left. Um, and we are reaching that. We certainly are reaching those folks. But uh, um, about a third of the people that we reach, fascinatingly to me, are pastors we're reaching so many clergy people and i wanted to know and like understand why that was and so i've had a lot of conversations with those that have joined up amongst us and they're like well first off you don't meet on sunday you don't have a traditional like uh, expectation of sunday worship at at 10 or whatever and so people were able to be a part of it during their monday to to saturday experience and then the second was i can't preach about superman I can't preach about Diablo. I can't preach about my favorite thing here, there, or everywhere. But I can be in this community and let my geek flag fly here in this space. And so these pastors that are all closet nerds are finally getting the opportunity to be themselves and live into a full experience that is still thoroughly spiritual. So it's still satisfying that opportunity to be served by the church, but is also allowing them to be fully who they are. Um, as the nerds that they, they live into. And so that has been the fascinating experience for me, has been seeing the clergy people that have stepped into this experience and have been like, this is my church. Even though I'm serving mm-hmm. a church, this is my church because I'm feeling fed in the wholeness of who I am as the nerd that I am. And so it's been really interesting to me just just how strong that part of our identity is, um, that we're even reaching people that are in a, like, a clergy role mm-hmm. with that. Well, and and that's so important for people who
1: work in full time ministry to have a chance to go to church sure. and to be filled up because it's just definitely lacking, mm-hmm. especially in our you know twenty four seven access type work environments. Um, so, uh, so to kind of um, build off of that, I have noticed that you have been attending a church in person on Sundays. Kind of the flip flop. I certainly have. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. wonder if you might. Share a little bit about your experience attending artisan church and and maybe uh not to toot our horn or anything, but to say um uh what you might think someone who's thinking about coming to to artisan maybe what what has uh drawn you in or what what you've noticed about what we do and um I like to think that there are some similarities between our ministries in that we're both coming from sort of a more traditional background mm-hmm. uh as, as the big church goes, um, but we're spinning it into a intentionally non-traditional space that we, um, we're operating in that makes hopefully a safe space for people, sure. uh, but
2: I want to, I want to know what your, what your, uh, experience has been like. Sure. So my wife and I were very much like looking for some kind of a church experience in our area. We wanted something that would allow us to feel like we were really a part of a community um, because we both grew up in the church. You know, I mentioned that I was a pastor's kid. I grew up, you know, very ingrained in my dad's church. It was very similar really to artisan and to the kind of non-denominational feel of, of praise and worship music and just big community and good get togethers. And, you know, in a downtown space, like all that really works um, and felt very familiar to my experience um and then uh what we really wanted to find was just a place that would welcome our kids and so we we have two kids a four-year-old and a one-year-old and something that was incredibly like crucial to our experience was uh walking through the doors of artisan and seeing the table with all the crayons and paper and stuff to do and crafts and, and things to be a part of and uh our our oldest nora just like Beeline like like only a four-year-old can where it's like just there's nothing else that exists other than this coloring table right now and she ran right to it and just loved it and we left and I said well what did you think Nora and she said well I really had fun and so I think that this is an echo of what I was saying with clergy people feeling like they can be fully themselves I think there's a lot of value in a church that allows families to be fully themselves to to not have to divide off into all right, this is our our kids hour and they're going to go to this room and Hmm. this is where the adults stay to talk about adult things like instead of allowing it to be a full lived experience for the family like you're welcomed not just as a couple or not just as a person but instead as as a total group unit, um, that was incredibly important to me and was something that kind of sold me hook, line, and sinker of this is an experience. Not only do I like the aesthetic, not only do I like the experience, the music, the the worship, all this stuff worked, but then most importantly, it felt like it was a place where I could be in my family. My loud, my you know noisy family could be here and still be accepted and welcomed.
0: Shout out to all the churches that still have the separate rooms. And stuff. Yeah,
2: they, I mean, there's, look, there's nothing quite as nice as well as like whenever I go and guest preach anywhere, and I'm able to like drop Nora off in the daycare room. Yeah. There is a there is a real bliss in being you able. No, like, I, I got. Yeah. Say I got what you were saying. It was just more so,
0: yeah. like we always. Me and him always play off of each other sometimes if one of us says something and it's just like, okay, we, we're not saying that the
2: people who do right. that
0: are any, yeah. Right. So
2: it's kind of our stick. So no, I, yeah, I, I think that there is, there's, there is a, a trade off that happens there, but that was definitely like for what I wanted and for what my family wanted out of a worship experience that hit the nail on the head for us. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. All right.
0: Rapid fire question time. Cause we're, we're running out of time. And I actually. Can I probably, told you I can fill three I hours. Can, I can hit. I can hit them with some good. Ones. <laughs> Do you have a question? Yeah. Yeah. Go, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Lions a horde. I gave you this one earlier. Let's see if you actually make the right choice. Oh, they're going to be somewhat
2: gaming-related. Well, I've, I've definitely attributed that you would like my answer to be Horde. And <laughs> no, I will say that I, I half-heartedly gave Alliance. I, I mentioned to you that I grew up very like, strongly console gamer. We didn't have internet in my house. And so any experience with WoW or any kind of like, MMO has been very much in my adult years. And my adult years also coincidentally come with a four-year-old and one-year-old. So you only have as much time as you have. I think if I had played those games whenever I was a kid, I probably would have a better more thorough answer I will say that I almost always uh, in any kind of D&D experience I pick a ranger I like okay. rangers a lot so that's just because I want to be able to talk I'm to a hunter. animals I'm a, I'm a hunter. And so that's yeah. that's where I stick pretty thoroughly so I do like that gotcha all right um Final Fantasy or Zelda? Ooh, that's impossible. <laughs> how can you? I would definitely say I would say Zelda, but Final Fantasy ten. Oh, Final Fantasy ten has been some of the most formative. Like, thank you. Yeah, it's a good is, one. everybody says seven, and I'm no, just like, yo, ten. No, ten
0: and tactics.
2: Ten, yeah, I enjoy tactics as well. I enjoy the full tactic experience. I probably would like lean into Fire Emblem more for the tactics game Ooh, style. Ooh, Fire Emblem. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely would. I definitely would go for uh, Zelda. Is just too important to me. Uh, especially with the latest entries of breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom. Those have been some of the best gaming experiences I've had in a while. And, uh, but, but man, Ocarina of time, I couldn't not like just that right. in 64 days of just <laughs> playing the same levels of Ocarina and never getting past like the water temple or whatever. You guys okay. are
1: talking about games that I know about again. and we're, I'm back in. I'm back in. Go ahead, go ahead. I love final fantasy and I'm playing uh, tears of the kingdom right now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. final, nice. fantasy, yes.
2: final fantasy really is. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like sparse on what I've actually played in that universe. So I think that's probably why I would go as Zelda. Did you
0: ever beat Ninja Turtles on NES? Oh no, <laughs>
2: absolutely not. No way. Battle Battletoads way. and uh, and Ninja Turtles and all those like incredibly tough NES and SNES games. Nope.
0: That's the one I was actually looking for is Battletoad. Yeah. I was gonna hit you with Battle Toad or uh, Ninja I, Turtles,
2: which was harder. It would be pretty limited, honestly, if I were to go back through my like SNES catalog and see what games I actually beat, because I bet it was like none. <laughs> Chrono- I bet I never played to the end of any of those games. I probably like started them Zelda. Yeah. a million times. Yeah. Did you ever play Chrono Trigger? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, fantastic okay. music. One of my favorite.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead. You well, ready? I think we're running out of time, but I just okay. wanted to give you maybe one more chance. If there's something that you'd like to share, or some place that you could uh, direct people to. Check out Checkpoint Church. We want to support it because I'm so excited about what's going on.
2: Sure. Well, the the easy place is always CheckpointChurch.com. You can check out all of our stuff there. But then if you really want to learn more about our discipleship pathway and the way we would intend on folks uh, finding us, Twitch, we're streaming Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, So twitch.tv slash CheckpointChurch if you want to find us there. Uh, Discord is discord.gg slash CheckpointChurch, and you can join our Discord community there. That is an incredible place. As I mentioned, it really is. 24-7, always stuff going on. Um, We're always trying new things and experimenting. And we get lunch every Wednesdays there. So you can do that. And then um, our YouTube channel, we post pretty regularly, but our, our like really routine video is every single Sunday, we put out what I call a nerdy sermon. And so we'll talk about some kind of trending movie, video game, anime, whatever. I think our last one was on Barbie. Uh so if you want to talk about the duality of Barbie, um, that was our, our latest nerdy sermon, but uh YouTube. Uh, You can just type in Checkpoint Church. It should come up pretty regularly as as our, like, uh, whatever the latest nerdy sermon we've done, and we post that every single Sunday. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Wait, we got to shout out Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf in Colorado. (laughs) If you've never been to Meow Wolf, it's a a modern art exhibit that's like uh, you feel like you're entering a video game when you get there. And so uh, if you're in the Colorado area (laughs) or if you want to bring Meow Wolf to North Carolina, that would be great. If you're listening and you're a representative of Meow Wolf, please bring us a museum to Charlotte. We need one. Well, Nate, thanks for – Can I call you Nate? Sure. Yeah. Nerd Master (laughs) Nate, Nate, Nathan, whichever one, whatever works.
0: Thank you for coming on to our podcast. We really enjoyed having you. I probably nerded out a little too much. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But we appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks.
0: Thanks for tuning in.